You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, the home of student-powered radio, where we are giving you O-Week content all week long. But right now, I'm sitting down with a very special guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm uh, Dr. Stephen Bosey. I'm a senior lecturer in applied physics. So what are some things that first years can look forward to in your units? I'll be teaching in second semester a, a unit called Phys 132. Mm-hmm. And my colleague, uh, Dr. Evans, was supposed to be here to tell you about Phys 131, but he uh, couldn't make it today. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to do the best I can to, to tell you what he's doing. So Phys 131 and Phys 132 mm-hmm. are the two core units in physics that you have to do if you want to do a physics major. You can still do them if, if you don't want to do a physics major, but those are the, those are the two core units. So in uh, Physics 131 and 132, mm-hmm. you start off by learning mechanics, so mm. how things move, how forces work. You'll also learn about DC circuits, mm-hmm. so if you've got a battery and wires and resistors and light bulbs and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. how, how that all works. You'll be learning about rotational motion, so when things are mo- rotating instead of moving in a straight line. In uh, second semester, in Phys mm-hmm. 132, you'll learn about fluid mechanics. Oh, sorry, I forgot to mention optics. You'll learn about ah. lenses and how lenses work and so on. So mm. in trimester two, in Phys 132, you'll learn about fluid mechanics. So you'll learn about viscosity, how fluids flow and so on. Mm-hmm. you learn about waves and, and so much of... Of, of the universe is governed by the, the physics of waves, mm. including you and me, because quantum mechanics says that all the atoms that make up your body are mm-hmm. wave-like things. Mm-hmm. So you really need to, need to understand how waves work, ultimately, if you want to learn the really, really high-level physics like quantum mechanics. Mm-hmm. So in Phys 132, then we also go on, I will teach you a little bit of uh, nuclear physics, teach you about lasers, semiconductors, so the things that power all the electronics that you're using, including this recording system that's sitting right in front of me (laughs) and I'll teach you the the beginnings of quantum mechanics the Mm -hmm. the basic first year level quantum mechanics which will then be extended in 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 third year so definitely a lot of the foundational elements of physics that's it so the all all the foundations that's right (laughs) And, but of course, some, some of the foundations you'll get from other units as well, because you'll mm-hmm. have to do your maths. Of course. And you'll have to do a bit of your chemistry and some of that. A lot of, chemis- a lot of chemistry and physics overlap. Mm-hmm. And I, I always um, make sure that uh, in, in my lectures that I do talk about the overlaps between physics and chemistry. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So where can this course of study lead students into the future? Okay. So if you get your undergraduate degree, you can go on and get jobs involving say, lab assistant type jobs, Mm -hmm. you can do research type jobs, you could, for example, work at the CSIRO and, mm-hmm. and, or you could work at a university doing research. However, mm-hmm. if you want to go into research, you have to have at least an honours year. So you've got to do your mm-hmm. fourth year where you do an honours research project. And mm-hmm. that's, that's normally the minimum if you want to then really have any kind of involvement in research. Yeah. If you want to get into really, really serious research where you actually drive the research rather than being a research assistant or something like that, mm-hmm. then you've got to do a Doctor of Philosophy, a PhD. Mm-hmm. But you, to, in order to do a PhD, you've got to do your undergraduate first. <laughs> Then you've got to do your honours, you've got to get a good honours, and then you've got to find somebody and convince them that to be your supervisor, mm-hmm. someone like me, <laughs> and, uh, and, th- and then you embark on a research project where you have to do something original. Or you could do a master's, and it requires a certain uh, amount of originality as well. So master's mm. is normally two years, and your PhD is three years. Yeah. So if, if you want to do any serious research, then minimum of master's, MSc, mm-hmm. and prefer to PhD if you really want to go all the way. Now, if I'm correct, we've got yeah. some PhD students here at the moment. Oh, I have, I have 
currently three PhD students in physics. So mm-hmm. we've got one of them who is doing uh, nuclear physics simulations mm-hmm. using the same sort of software they use at the high energy physics facility in Europe called CERN, C-E-R-N. Mm-hmm. So he's using that kind of simulation software called Gen 4 mm-hmm. and he's using that to simulate nuclear physics reactions. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's trying to come up with new ways of generating medical uh, radionuclides. So the most important r- medical radionuclide in the world is technetium 99M. It's okay. currently only uh, made in fission nuclear reactors. We're trying to come up with ways of making it that doesn't involve nuclear reactors. Mm. And that way you can make it in, in, in a facility that doesn't necessarily have to be attached to a nuclear reactor. Of course. Because there's only a limited number of nuclear reactors in the world that can mm. make this stuff. But if my students' project works you'll be able to make it in hospitals and universities and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. So you'll be able to, to decentralise the production of that. Nice. I've got another PhD student who is working on medical imaging. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to find ways to improve image quality in CT scans. Mm-hmm. CT scan is what journalists call CAT scans. Mm-hmm. No, nobody in, in an actual hospital calls it a CAT scan. <laughs> they call it a CT scan. That's that three-dimensional X-ray mm. that, that you, know, you would have heard about in hospitals. And I've got an, another PhD student who's doing molecular dynamics simulation, so actually using a computer to, to see what the water molecules are going to do <laughs> and what the polymer molecules are going to do mm-hmm. in order to understand better how polymerization works. Ooh. And polymerization is a very big part of uh, much of industrial chemistry and most of the things in, that I'm looking at in this studio contain polymers and so therefore uh, anything that's basically carbon-based has mm-hmm. probably been polymerized. So uh, on uh, further than a PhD, we were talking a little earlier about uh, some careers and oh, ways... Oh, okay, okay. Well, to give you yeah. some idea, I, uh, last year I had a, an honour student, mm-hmm. so she did her project in molecular dynamic simulations just like mm-hmm. my PhD student. And she's gone on to a career, she's working for a facility that basically does computer simulations. It's mm. you know, like a supercomputer facility that, that does simulations for uh, industry or for research or whatever. Yep. Um, and that sounds like a plush job. <laughs> and uh, as, as I mentioned before, you, uh, you, could, you could go and, especially, especially if you have um, post, postgraduate work like uh, MSc or PhD, you could go on and do research for CSIRO or research projects at universities. You could go overseas. Now, the nice thing about the PhD is they are recognised everywhere around the world. Perfect. So if you want to work overseas and do research, get a PhD mm. or an MSc. Were there any other type of careers that physics students oh, could well, go yes, into? Yes. You, you, okay, so you might decide, so I've learned how to be a physicist. Now, the, the thing about physics is that that the, the, the tools that you learn, they're, they're really the fundamentals of how the, the universe works. Mm-hmm. So you might not necessarily just end up being a physicist. With those no. tools, you can, go, you can go on to other things. For example, I had uh, a couple of friends who, after they finished their PhDs in physics, because mm-hmm. they, they had all these beautiful computational tools and knew how to do their maths properly, and they went on to become financial mathematicians. Oh, so, wow. you know, you, you go along to, to companies that, that invest money and, mm-hmm. and, and invest in shares and all that sort of stuff mm. and, and options and so on, options trading, and they need people who really know their maths and really mm. know how to program, you know, to basically model the way that the economy works and yep. the way that, that, that shares and options and so on work. So, so there's, 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 you know, once you've got those tools... 
you're not necessarily confined just to being a physicist. Mm. Definitely sounds like the sort of physics degrees here at UNE sort of give you a very good skill set that you can then use on employment into the future. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, yes. And, and, uh, and of course, the other thing is just the, the pure discipline of it. Mm. You know, if, if, if the discipline of doing a PhD means that, that you really learn how to just knuckle down and concentrate on something very complicated and, and something uh, very abstruse and nut it out and just have the, the nerve and the drive and the, and the grit <laughs> to, to finish the job. Mm. So do you have any final thoughts to send out to our new cohort? We would love to see you. <laughs> I'm going to have so much fun teaching you. Please turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's hoping that we can go back to physical teaching and you can actually get to see these I'm, students I'm planning on giving live lectures this year. Very nice. I love giving live lectures. Beautiful. Well, thank you for coming in to speak with us, Dr. Stephen. It was my pleasure. That was an interview with Dr. Stephen Bosey here on 106.9 Tune FM. But right now, let's get back to the music.